Over 2.5 million acres burned in California in 2021. But the future of wildfire protection is clear. Let Fireback Wildfire Defense Services help protect your home and property with its award-winning, non-toxic, United States Forest Service approved fire retardant technology. Fireback sprays a clear fire retardant to add a layer of protection to your property. With this extreme drought, Fire danger is a real threat for home and business owners in California. Fireback is ready to help you protect your home and property all summer long. Schedule a consultation at www.firebackca.com or by calling 209-288-2376. And you can follow Fireback on Facebook and Instagram. If there's a chance of taking fire, your best defense is to fire back. Proudly serving Tuolumne County and surrounding areas. Are you looking for something magical for your sacred space this spring? Sisters of the Moon in Sonora, California and available online carries witchy antiques, vintage, handmade items, metaphysical items, and organic farm-to-jar handmade self-care products. So, if you are looking for some super awesome gals to support, choose Jen and Julie for your next shopping spree for mugs, wreaths, crystals, tarot, incense, and more. Sisters of the Moon has two booths in Mountain Treasures at 13643 Tuolumne Road in Sonora, California. You can also shop with Sisters of the Moon online at www.sistersofthemoon31.com and they ship anywhere in the U.S. Use the code SISTERS13 for 13% off online purchases. Find them on social media at Sisters of the Moon 31. You know, anything can be magical. You're listening to Queens of the Minds, and these are the stories of women from California history. The preceding episode may feature foul language and adult content, which may be disturbing to some listeners or secondhand listeners. So, discretion is advised. Today we're going to talk about an area in historic Sonora, California called Dragoon's Gulch. So we're going to do something a little different today. It is our 77th episode. I've actually probably done 100 episodes, but I have taken a lot down when I was cleaning up the podcast. We'll see how this goes. I'm just going to tell you guys this as myself not as like a librarian reading to you at story hour or like a sleepy time ASMR lady trying to make you go to sleep it's just me just Andrea Annie which means there is a major sass warning going on here 
I swear like a sailor and I talk about naughty things. I'll try to hold myself back, but to say the least, this episode is not for your children and maybe just learn the story and then tell them yourself. Sorry. As I'm telling this story, I'm literally sitting on Woods Creek in Columbia, California, really close to where the spring just comes right out of the mountain. It's crystal clear water and it was rainy the last few days, so it's actually pretty full. And you might hear the pretty birds in the background. Those are not sound effects. Those are real. Initially in 1848, travel routes through the area were undoubtedly the trails of the local indigenous Miwok, who had lived here for at least like over 800 years. The trails were developed into horse trails by the first miners to arrive from the state of Sonora in Mexico to the foothills of the Sierra Nevada mountains. That's right, we're talking about Sonora. That's where I live. And at least half of the listeners of this podcast live in Sonora, I believe, or surrounding areas. So this party that founded the city of Sonora first called it the Sonoran Camp, which makes sense. Like, they were the people from Sonora, and that's the Sonoran Camp. And then soon earned the nickname the Queen of the Southern Mines. After the first documented gold found in the area was found on March 17, 1849. That's St. Patrick's Day, and it's also my daughter's birthday. But of course, she wasn't born in 1849. And if you haven't figured it out by now, that's why they are called 49ers. Duh. Also, Highway 49. Same. So the discovery was made on Woods Creek near Sonora High School, and that's where I went to high school. What's up, Wildcats? Hail Sonora High School. Hail, hail. Oh, wow. Okay. I haven't said that out loud in a while, and I'm not liking that. Okay, like we already know, if you're a listener, merchants and thousands of eager gold seekers moved in after the gold discovery. With them came butchers and bakers and candlestick makers and mule packers and packers of all sorts. Restaurants, lodging houses, and saloons opened. There were Mexicans, Irish, Chilean, American, Scottish, Chinese, Miwok, German, French, and more. Sonora, California was born. One night in that first year of old 1849, as the small camp started growing into a bigger camp, Graham's Dragoons, a group of discharged United States Army cavalry soldiers, were drunk after a long day of travel, and they were settling down for the evening on the banks of Woods Creek. As one soldier stumbled to find a spot to rest his head, he tripped, landing in a muddy puddle. Good enough. He decided he'd stay right there. Been there, trooper. Been there. Solidarity. So as he is sleeping, there is this rock under his back and it's keeping him from sleeping. He's tossing and he's turning forever. Like, he lets a long time go by, and finally, Princess and the pea over there reaches behind him to grab the rock. Simple. Move the rock. Men. I tell ya. Okay, so he sets it by his head and finally falls asleep in his little puddle of mud. Don't start singing puddle mud. No, 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 no. She fucking hates me. Okay, sorry. Moving on. Dragoon's Gulch, sleeping soldier. He wakes up just before the sun was coming up, and just as he opens his eyes... 
foam. There is this rock that he was sleeping on the night before, just like right in front of his face, like, ah. Guess what? It was a large gold nugget. Pays off to be picky. Okay, we are seeing a lot of cool ventures pop up that truly serve a purpose about these new sponsors of the podcast. Jen and Rosie met while homeschooling during the pandemic. Together, they are walking the road of business owners and single moms who support one another. Soulful Mountain Homestead and Farm is an organic, permaculture, regenerative homestead. A dream rooted in reality after the pressure Jen endured from shelter-in-place and the horrific Santa Cruz Mountain Fire of 2020. Jen had a desire to help other single parents get sustainable with their food source and change the way people farm, help the environment, and help parents feed their kids healthy, homegrown food. Rosie, the owner of Microgreens, offers highly nutritious microgreens in an array of flavors and types. She has dedication to the quality of her microgreens, and that dedication is unmatched. Rosie founded Microgreens out of a desire to be able to spend more time with her kids while helping friends and family heal from sickness and disease through whole foods. Both businesses will be available at farmers markets across Tuolumne County, as well as home delivery and pickup from Soulful Mountain Homestead in Soulsbyville. The mission is to heal people through food while healing the earth. Proudly serving Tuolumne County and the San Jose and Bay areas. The Columbia Mercantile 1855 is a friendly, reimagined, mid-19th century style, full-service grocery store, supporting the needs of regional residents of Tuolumne County and the visitors of the living history town of Columbia, California. Experience Eureka moments of discovery. You can find quality staples and imported specialties, local meats and poultry, vegan options, dairy-free and gluten-free options, craft beer, local wines, over-the-counter pharmaceuticals, hardware, garden, home goods, antiques, and even fine art at fair prices. You'll find yourself saying, wow, I didn't expect to find that in Columbia. And you can also find my book there. The Columbia Mercantile 1855 is open daily from 9 to 6 at 11245 Jackson Street. And they accept SNAP EBT benefits, cash, major credit cards, and Apple Pay. Follow them on Facebook or Instagram. Okay, back to Dragoon Gulch. The next morning, the ravine was buzzing with dragoons as they began mining the area, now known as Dragoon's Gulch. Eh? Yeah, Dragoon's Gulch, Sonora, California. A few years later, one lucky ducky made off with a 116-ounce nugget worth $1,600 in old-timey money. Like, that's a heavy bag. He buys his discharge from the army and returns home probably to some cutie, rich. Peace, motherfuckers. For reference, $10,000 in 1851 is the equivalent of almost $60,000 in 2022. No big deal. Around that time, miners in Dragon Gulch were only making $5 to $8 a day. Okay, so back to 1849. Water was nearly as valuable as gold, and the first outside water supply would not arrive for three more years until February 1851 when the ditch was completed by the Sullivan Creek Water Company. Dropping some irrigation knowledge on you. 
So with no nearby substantial water source to wash off all this gravel they're mining, they would have to cart that dirt and rocks two miles to the northeast to the springs at Springfield to be washed. As many as 150 carts a day moved through, taken to nearby springs and to Mormon Creek to sift and wash dirt off of all these rocks looking for gold. That's a trek, dude. I couldn't be doing that today. I'd be running a Wild West brothel for sure, hands down. No doubt about it. Imagined it my whole life, actually. Anyways, Springfield was one of the only four communities in Tuolumne County to be incorporated during the Gold Rush era. Springfield. It's just like this tiny little neighborhood now and a back road that only the cool kids take. It was these springs that gave the 12 blocks of Springfield its name. Residents said that the name came from periodic flooding of the meadows. Springfield. Don't. Springfield was founded by Josefa Valmasada, and Josefa was a wealthy Mexican woman, and she had a reputation for aiding Americans in the war with Mexico. So sweet, more about her please later. At the time, it was a booming town with 2,000 residents. In the 12 blocks, there were 200 lots, a store, a saloon, a hotel, two churches, a school, and a post office. And the miners there carted away nearly 80 $5 million of gold out of Columbia in the 1850s. And all those Gold Rush era buildings in Springfield no longer remain. Sonora was incorporated as a town on May 1st, 1851. Okay, so back to Dragoon's Gulch and in 1851. So we're two years into Sonora being a whole town. There's this guy, Captain George W. Snow. He's in his prime, 31, handsome, wealthy. He had come to Sonora from Maine and settled at Dragoon's Gulch. He had a handful of hired native Californios men, and I bet they all loved him. I'm just kidding. I'm sure they despised him. He often flashes money around, just in general, like being a dick, trying to one-up everyone around him. You know the type. Two of these men he had hired, well, they had it out for snow. Antonio Cruz and Patricio Yanori. So Cruz and Yunori tell Snow they want to purchase a long tom from the captain, and he was to come to their camp in the morning, June 10th, 1851, to get the payment. So a long tom is an expanded rocker they used for the gold rush that featured a big trough, like two to four of me in length. I'm only five feet tall, but still. The trough was a foot wide and had this sheet of perforated metal, and under that was the rifle box. The Long Tom's not a one or two man operation. You would need several miners to man this thing. Conspiracy. Oops, gave it away. Yep, the meeting was a setup. They intended to rob and kill their boss, Snow. They knew this dude carried large amounts of money on him all the time because he was bragging about it all the time. It's a terrible idea in the lawless old West, you know. Shame on him, really. These dudes take it to the extreme, though. They want to be all hush-hush. The day before, in their own tent, the men dug a grave and covered it up with rawhides and a desk all casual-like. Like, they were going to sleep over Snow's body. Totally normal. When Snow showed up at the camp of Cruz and Yunori, Cruz weighed the price of the long tom out in gold and that old-fashioned scale, all dramatic-like, super precise. They were distracting Snow. Like, he was being a total ass, really. So, 
While Snow is all distracted as he did this whole weighing out shenanigan, Yanori snuck up behind him and viciously stabbed Snow in the back multiple times. So Snow stumbles out of the tent, injured, screaming for help. Obviously, like this was never part of the plan. The grave was in the tent. But Snow only made it like 40 to 50 feet from the tent and collapsed on the ground from the loss of blood. What if it was 49 feet? Ooh, kismet. So, all the white men nearby run up to Snow, and no one's like, who did this? Or like, we should go get them, or anything. They just like pick him up and carry him back to his camp. But Captain Snow was able to tell the story of his attack and identify his killers before he died at midnight. So these guys weren't total dummies, and the killers had left town by the time the local men started searching for him. There was a $1,000 bounty placed over their heads, and that's the equivalent of almost $37,000 in 2022. The following Sunday, Cruz and Yunori had the audacity to return to camp. I mean, I want to say they win biggest balls of the year, but in that year, I don't even know what to say. There are a lot of contenders in 1851. They're all arrested by the white guys who are all in charge now, and there's no courthouse there then. No, no, it was a people's lynch law court held in Shaw's flat. Instead of being turned over to the district court, Cruz and Unori would be immediately tried. And this is not sounding good for old Cruz and Unori. Separate juries were selected for each of the men. It was considered a fair and impartial trial. So they say. But, I mean, the evidence was overwhelmingly against Cruz and Unori. Their guilt was proven beyond a doubt. I mean, they dug a grave in their tent, yo. Called out. The assembled men voted to hang Cruz and Yunori right away and get this. They decide to do it in the same spot where they murdered Snow. And to top it all off, the grave they had dug for Snow would be their final resting place. Like, boom, in your face, you know? Just before the execution, Cruz spends an hour with the priest and totally rats out Yunori to him and tells him that Yunori's been killing all these people in the town. I mean, I get it, but like, what are you doing, bud? It's your bud, bud. It's the wild, wild west, bud. After an hour with the priest, Cruz and Yunori were hanged at improvised gallows directly above the grave that they had dug for their boss. I mean, wow. Wow. The Sonora Vigilance Committee was formed as a consequence of the murder, and that's a whole other story. And if you're familiar with the Belcora chapter from my book or the podcast, Vigilante Committee might sound familiar. No evidence of the Gulch's murderous past remains. There's a walking trail out there on Dragoon's Gulch. The trail begins at the top of Woods Creek Rotary Park, across from the Motherlode Fairgrounds, and when you cross Woods Creek, you reach the bottom of Dragoon's Gulch. It's free to walk the trail, and dogs are welcome, so go get some. 